0: Well, what's happening since? Listen, my name is Maurice. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. If you didn't know, we've been in a series now called Life in Captivity. For a few weeks, we've been exploring exactly what that topic means and what that looks like. Today is that final Sunday. It all concludes on today. So I want to do something a little bit special. Today's flow of the service, all of how it looks is gonna be very different, but stick with me. I believe God has a message for every single one of us as we encounter the topic that I'll be speaking about. I want, you to, I want to invite you a little bit into what I've been wrestling with though, right? All of us, no matter who you are, we all interact with something even though we don't acknowledge that it's there, right? Like, isn't that true? Think about it this way. Think about the topic of gravity. It's there, we interact with it on a daily basis. I interact with it on a daily basis because I get up every single morning and I get on the scale and I recognize gravity is in effect. There is more pulling me down than there is lifting me up. But we don't always acknowledge that it's there, right? Because we all interact with something even though we don't acknowledge that it's there. I believe this is also true when it comes to the topic of worship. This is something that we use as a Christians and as churches, we throw the term around, and that's what exactly what I wanna talk about today. Because I believe growing up, for me, worship was something I, was, I thought was confined to the four walls of the church. It was just between me and God, and that's where worship was. But worship, is beyond that. You can actually worship things beyond just the Christian world. And I believe if it's something that we interact with on a daily basis, wouldn't that imply that there's some importance? Maybe it might imply that there's some value there. I believe it is, but I don't believe we stop enough to acknowledge that, to actually know what it means and live into this topic of worship. So today, I wanna talk about just that because I believe this topic is going to be so important and so vital to the life and faith of every person that's listening. So what is worship and why does God encourage us to do it? That's what we're gonna be talking about today. You gotta to wait a little bit more though, because there's some updates, there's some things that's happening in the church, some important things that you gotta know about. So this beautiful, intelligent woman named Aisha, who is my wife, is gonna be giving you that update. Once you guys take a listen and I'll be back.
1: Uh, Well, thank you for that incredibly warm uh, introduction, Maurice. Uh, I'm here with the beautiful and intelligent Aisha, um, and I am the, I can only assume Maurice would have described me as handsome and charming Chris.
2: Hey, Azit family. Um, I'm pretty sure Baris thought it was just gonna be me today, but I'm here with Chris and we have some great updates for you all. First, we wanna let you know this past Friday, we got to have another worship night. It was incredible. Worship was amazing, but I think the best part, my favorite part and what so many other people love is that it's an opportunity for us to be together in person.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've ever felt as separate as we do right now. And I keep hearing from people, and honestly, I feel it myself, this desire. I miss being able to gather together with a group of people. And that's why we have been talking so much about core groups over the last few weeks. We believe that God is in the skies and it's been amazing to watch the way that people have stepped up to, to start new groups, to create space for us to reach this vision of helping every single person at Ascent get involved in a group. And what's different about today is that if you go to our website today, you are going to see a huge list of new groups that people have stepped up to lead to create space for you to find your people to connect to. We know that this, this whole COVID thing has been a real drag, but we also know that it is continuing to drag on. And we believe that God is in this to have Core groups be the way that we are able to remain close to people, connected with people, to have other people to talk with and to grow in our faith together with.
2: Yeah, so you guys need to do that right now. If you need to pause, get on your laptop, on your phone, Find a group because we have many different options available for you.
1: Yeah, you're welcome to walk away while we're talking and (laughs) sign up for a group right now. Right at that
2: time, family. We want to also thank you for your continued generosity in this season. Your giving is what makes things like core groups and worship night and our ability to partner with organizations within our community possible. So thank you so much. And as Maurice said earlier, we have an incredible service plan for you. So let's check back in with Mo and Becky to learn more about what that
1: is. Yeah, and so this is the beautiful and intelligent Chris and Aisha signing
0: off.
2: Signing off. Stay classy, Louisville.
0: <laughs> well, Ascent, usually during this moment right here, we go directly into a song, and we invite you to sing with us maybe one song, maybe two, um, because we believe in this idea that I've been talking about called worship. But because I'm talking about worship and because I think we don't unpack it enough, I want to slow us down. I want to give us a room to just pause for a little bit and understand a little bit more of what we're doing and why we lean into it. So this moment, I actually invited an expert, I would say, (laughs) into this moment, uh, Becky, who is our worship pastor. And Becky, you've been in this field and leaning into this. For how long?
3: Oh heavens. If you count you feel
0: comfortable saying yeah, yeah. if you
3: count high school yeah. history, I'd say twenty some years. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. I mean that that is that's exactly why I have Becky Way here with us today. <laughs> uh so I brought you along because I mean, just in a conversational way. Um I think when we take a moment to slow down and unpack something, Mm -hmm. it really brings us into the topic a little bit more. And so this idea of worship that I'm speaking into today, um, I want to slow us down Mm -hmm. and I want to go right into people's living rooms. I want to go right into where they are. This is why I kind of chose the home setting, right? Yeah. Um, Because I think it's important for us to know uh, that sometimes worship is beyond the stage and Mm -hmm. all of those things, right? So I'm a person at home, right? And, And what does this moment look like for me to be a part of? I may be jogging, I may be working out. I may be kicking back at home with the children, whatever that may be. Um, What does this moment look like for me? Why, Why is this something I engage in as well?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm yep. so glad you asked because it's really easy, especially right now when um, we're all virtual. Um, yep. It's easy to say, like, I'm just going to keep an ear tuned in uh, while I'm doing everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what could be there is a missed opportunity to connect with the God of the universe who knows mm-hmm. your name and wants to have that communication with you. And worship is so that. It's like that through line, that connection that says, like, let's talk to one another. Mm-hmm. God has stuff to say to us. We have Stuff to say to God and, and worship is that platform.
0: Yeah. And there's nothing like for me, what really brings me in a lot is when lyrics just get to it. like it. Yeah. it's one of those things that echo my heart, even though I don't know exactly what my heart is kind of singing in that moment. Yeah. And, and so for you, I wrote down something because I think this is so important for a lot of us, but sometimes worship can be that thing that's a filler, right? It can be that thing that we don't, we don't we may tune out sometimes, right? We don't actually look to, or whatever the case may be, um, how do I, moving forward, Mm -hmm. right, from this Sunday on, we do this every single week, um, how do I prepare my heart for it to not be a filler? Or if it's something that's unnatural or not comfortable, How do I not just let it be a moment that I may just let it go by?
3: Yeah, you know, I really think um, some ways to do that is to slow down, Mm -hmm. to take a breath, to say, God, I am open to you. Mm. Speak. and then letting the words that come across the screen or that you hear me or others singing, um, let those be prayer words to mm-hmm. God, right? Like, like it is so—and and I take so much um, responsibility And like, what are the words I am choosing to put in other people's mouths to say to God? Whew, wow. That is a— hefty wow. responsibility yeah so that's how i want to make sure like everything is kind of vetted and like we make sure that it, it it's accessible it makes sense yeah and that it's like true
0: yeah of where
3: we're at you so know? when it comes
0: to songs it can actually be our prayer yes. to god
3: yes 100 percent.
0: wow wow and you have the hefty responsibility of just vetting lyrics and allowing that to be the yeah. thing. I think that's yeah. awesome. So speaking of around lyrics, speaking yeah. around songs, yeah. um, we're going into this next song.
4: Yeah, uh-huh. and
0: you chose when I told you this, the topic mm-hmm. that I'm on. Uh, you chose a specific song around this. Yeah,
4: what
0: is? How do we go into that next song together?
3: Sure. No, I'm so glad you asked. So we're going to actually, our friend Eric is going to start with a little bit of a really old song called How Great Thou Art. And then we're going to go into a song called You and You Alone that starts with the words, I choose this day to be grateful. And what I love about both of those songs that we're in just a moment going to sing together and worship with is it's a song of like posturing our hearts in a place of gratitude and saying, God, um, no matter what is happening in my life right now, I can find and choose one one thing to give you thanks for today. And that's gonna posture me in a place of worship.
0: Wow. Yeah. Ascent, would you posture your hearts with us on today? And uh, in, we invite you to sing this next song or be a part of this next song, however that may look like for you as we all posture our hearts. Let's take a listen.
5: Oh Lord, my God. Choose this day to be great.
0: Worship, during the toughest times of life, shaped you? That is the question I want us to sit with for the next few moments, for the next segment of all of this service will be that. That will be our guiding force and our guiding factor because I believe worship is not just something that God encourages us to do when things are okay, but I think it's something that he encourages us to do during the toughest times of life. The title of this series has been Life in Captivity. Today, I want to entitle this sermon, Worship in Captivity. Because I believe God, in the midst of all of our circumstances, is still pressing us towards worship in no matter what the circumstance looks like. But this title, this this word worship, this concept that we're leaning into This is something that goes just beyond uh, um, uh, just a Sunday morning or worship on a stage. I think it's something that goes way further than that. The topic of worship actually goes beyond just singing or what we're talking about today. It's so far and so broad. I actually wanna narrow it in just a little bit to specifically talk about worship in the sense of song and lyric. When we talk about worship, I wanna give you a working definition. Because if I say worship and you hear worship, but you define it as something else, then we're gonna be on two different pages. So today, my working definition that I want us to all kind of think about and wrestle with and kind of capture is worship is love expressed towards God in response to His grace towards us. Worship is love. And I believe when we think about worship in captivity, We see this in the life of this guy named Moses. Moses is one who is a messenger in the the story that we're going to be reading later on today. Moses finds himself as in in between God and this man who had the title of Pharaoh. He was the ruler of the land and Pharaoh enslaved and held captive people for so long And God gives Moses a message to the people, to excuse me, to Pharaoh, to communicate to Pharaoh what was on his heart. Moses didn't want to, he was timid. If you know the story, he was a little bit more hesitant. He got to go before the ruler and say these things. And what does that look like to come to the ruler and say this passage right here? Exodus chapter seven. The beautiful thing that what I'm about to read is Exodus chapter seven, verse 16 it's not only shows up once, but it shows up three times. I'm gonna tell you in a little bit what that means. Exodus chapter seven, verse 16 says these words right here. This is Moses' words to Pharaoh, let my people go so they can worship me in the wilderness. God told Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go so they can worship me in the wilderness. Moses says this three different times, chapter seven, chapter eight, and chapter nine. And this is God's message to Pharaoh. Let them go so they can worship. This is so interesting to me. This, we got to pause for a second because God is communicating his love to the children of Israel, but he's saying, let them go. He's telling Pharaoh, let them go. Pull them out of what they're used to. Pull them out of all of this captivity and all the things that they're doing not so that they can go back to comfort not so that they can get back to a life where they were longing for and that what they're used to, not so that they can get out of uh, oppression and all those things, not so that they can g- you know, go back to a spa day, not so that they can get back on, on, on taking a hike, whatever it may be, think about that, right? Let's take it even further, a deeper level, not so that they can read their Bible, not so that they can pray, not so that they can go on a huge fast. God says, let them go so that they may worship me. Two things come to mind. There's some tension that I have to wrestle with, and there's some love that I have to embrace. The tension that we see in this text is that God is calling them out of where they are so that they can worship. In the midst of all that I'm facing, in the midst of things that I'm going through, you long for me to worship? You long for me to pause and, and, and to, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? I, I find some tension in that because what we see in the life of Moses is not something that's full of glamor and glitz. It's hard times. And God is asking me to worship in this moment? See, during this time that I'm talking today, I want to bring up some statements and some questions. I'm not going to do a ton of answering today because I think all of us have to think through what this means for us. Not only is there tension, but you got to remember, worship is love expressed towards God in response to his grace towards us. So I believe what we see here in this text, in this passage, where Moses is facing life in captivity, facing life, not what he's used to, not what he's liking. And God is saying, but there's worship. And what we want to explore today is the power that worship has, not because of what God can do. I think we've got to step back for a moment, right? Because when our circumstances don't reflect comfort or ease or goodness, we think that that's an out. We think that that's a moment for us to stop lifting our hands, for that's a moment for us to stop pursuing or exploring who God is. This is actually a moment God says, press even more. Seek me even harder. Pursue me even more in the toughest moments of life because worship is love expressed towards God in response to his grace towards us. See worship, I believe what God is saying is that my love has pursued you. Now show and and lift up your hands because not just of what I can do for you, but because of who I am. We're talking about the one who created heaven and earth. We're talking about the one who woke us up this morning. We're talking about the one who gave us breath in our body. We're talking about the one who has healed some of us, who has brought us a mighty long way. We're talking about God who sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to show how much he loved us, to show that you're worth it. And what God is saying, I believe, to every single one of us. Before you run back to comfort, before you look back to getting to things to normal, before you want to get back to sports, before you want to get back to what things once was, maybe this is a moment that God is saying, what about worship? What about thinking about me? Because isn't that what worship is? When we reorient our lives to not just think about us, focus about me, my problems, me, my for and no more, just me and my children, it actually reorients our heart, our posture to say, God, you are the one. You are worthy. You are awesome. You are faithful. You love me. You are the one. This is a turning moment, I believe, for every single one of us to posture our hearts. And this is what we lean into every single week, to reorient our lives, to not just think about us. Aren't we in an individualistic all about me culture? I'll be safe for me for sure. You can look at the way that I look at my life, the way my finances are set up, it's geared towards Maurice. And I believe what God is asking us is to do exactly what we see in the Psalms and see in the scripture. There's a passage that always reminds me of this moment where we see the psalmist cry out and say, "'Oh, magnify the Lord with me.'" This is a moment of worship where he's saying, take a moment to exalt who God is, because worship is love. And Moses finds himself in a wrestling moment In life in captivity, God is saying, worship in captivity. Love me in captivity. Because it's so interesting to me that God would choose worship in all that's taking place in the life of Moses and in our lives. Why would he ask of this? Because I believe and I would argue, I know it's gonna be others out there that may debate or whatever the case may be, but I would argue that worship is the only thing that we can give to God. It's the only thing that we can actually give to Him. We can go around our lives and we can give tithes and offering and money and all these things, but I believe worship is the very thing that we can give to God. Our gratitude, our love, isn't it the same thing when in any relationship? Not worship per se, but when it comes to love, Love is an ongoing thing. It's a constant. It's a thing that has to be worked on. It has to grow. And God is saying, worship me. Don't, don't For those of you who are Christian, don't, don't just rely on our relationship that we once had two, three years ago. If you go to your wife or your husband and say, well, yeah, I said I loved you back then, and you stopped, there's no more pursuit. There's no more acknowledging. There's no more saying, I love you well, there's a relationship that's going to plateau. There's a relationship that's going to have flaws. See, there's so many things around this topic that I believe what God is encouraging us to do is to consistently live into this call of worship because worship is love expressed towards God in response to his love and grace towards us. It's a response because of who he is. It's a response because he first loved us. And with all the things that's taking place in your world, with all the things that's taking place in your mind, with all the tough things that you may be facing, I know it's the last thing that may be on your list because there's a divorce happening. It's the last thing that may be on your list because addiction is right at your heels. It's the last thing that's on your list because the kids are driving you crazy. It's the last thing that's on my list because I'm trying to get things done at work and figure things out in my life. But don't forget that worship in captivity is exactly what he encouraged Moses to do. And I believe he's encouraging us all to do. Worship me, let them go, let my people go so that they can worship me, that they can get to know me, that we can be in relationship, that we can long for one another because I love them. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, today's topic is so broad and there's so much to say. And I believe that there's an ongoing thing and I gotta do something later as it relates to worship because this is something that's so important to me and I believe it's important to you as well. So. As we move forward, I understand that it is easier said than done. And so I wanna invite you to two things. One thing is on October 4th at 6.30 p.m., young adults and college students is something that me and my wife are gonna be leading in this next year. And we're gonna be inviting you to that very thing, that very moment, that very space to express our love towards God. An entire moment where we can get together and of course, have a moment and a space to worship. But if that's not you, all of us, no matter who you are, you are encouraged to join us week in and week out. And especially in these next few moments, there's some next songs and there's some reflective moment that I wanna bring us into. It's uncomfortable, it's gonna get weird, it may be a little awkward, your screen may be blank for a little bit, but I wanna bring us into a space where we stop, we slow down, and we lean into this thought of worship. I invited some friends to express their hearts of that same question. And right after that, I'm gonna give some space for you to do some reflecting. But once again, how has worship during the toughest times of life shaped you. Take a listen to some of my friends and that reflective moment, don't let it pass. It's for every single one of us. And there's definitely gonna be some songs that we can get into as well.
6: Currently our home life is crazy, loud and chaotic. And in the worship moments, the moments where I break away to spend time with God, reading his word, Learning about him as the truth, with a capital T, allows me to worship him. And through that worship, it allows me to remember that he is in control. And that softens me. It changes my perspective and reminds me that God is huge. He's amazing. He created everything and he had a plan to save me before he even created Adam. That is amazing. And by worshiping him and praising him, it allows me to change my perspective. It reminds me that he is in control and that he is always kind, always gracious, and he wants what is best for me. And that gives me hope. And the hope he gives, even in the middle of the chaos, is that no matter what happens, ultimately, He wants what's best for me because he loves me
4: and he loves you far more than you know. Most recently, God used worship as a way of centering me and preparing me for a conversation that I didn't even know was coming. Um, In that moment, I had just felt this deep heaviness on my heart, It, it, it just felt so heavy and I felt this strong desire to to sort of bask in God's presence. So I queued my Jesus playlist, and I did. And moments later, the friends that I'm living with and I all gathered to hang out, most of whom do not consider themselves to be very spiritual people. And one friend just said, Kaya, I have a question to ask you about faith. And we had an incredible, tremble-worthy conversation that unlocked a lot of newfound openness, and I could see God working in every moment of it. So in this period of great loss, I think God not only uses worship as a way of connecting with him, but also as a tool to shape in pretty powerful ways.
6: The question is, how has choosing to worship in hard times shaped me as a person? I'd say one of my favorite verses in the Bible is comes from James 1-2. Um, it says, Count a all as joy when you face time of trials, uh, for it produces steadfastness. I think throughout my life, you know, things sometimes come pretty sucky, and I might not want the outcome, but going through all that, um, in the moment, it sucks, and I don't want it. But looking back on it, I'm glad I went through that, because if anything, it has helped me, you know, trust God's plan, continue to let him use me um, in whatever way he sees fit. And so, you know, um, definitely helps me build my faith, my trust in God, knowing that, you know, he's using me to further his kingdom and he has a plan for me.
0: Today, I have been wrestling and kind of talking about this topic of worship in captivity. And I've been kind of unpacking it. I've been bringing up some, uh, some questions, some statements. Um, and once again, I wanna slow us down. And I think it's awesome to just have a conversation and think through it together and as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we think about that question that I posed earlier today, of how has worship shaped you in the tough moments of life? Mm-hmm. Um, before I even get to that question, I, I, like, why would it be, why would this be the thing mm-hmm. that God desires of us, mm-hmm. especially in tough moments of our life? Like, yeah. I, I've been trying to figure this out. I mean, you know, doing some deep dive and some studying, and I think I know a little bit around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in a way of talking, like, what is that? Why Why would that be the thing?
3: Yeah, I'm so glad you asked, um, because I think often there's um, a misperception that worship is only for moments where we are shiny, happy people.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, actually, more often in the Bible, in the Psalms, we have a whole book even called Lamentations, yeah. right? right, right. Um, is the, people's com- uh, conversation with God, their prayers, their song prayers, yeah. all of it, um, it's way more on the side of, God, where are you? Hmm. God, why aren't you meeting me here? God, I'm scared for my enemies. Um, and, and I think God cares so much about being that personal God, that Abba Father for Mm. us in times um, when we're in captivity or when we're in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. I have found it to be, you know, a person who loves worship, who Mm -hmm. embraces worship, who leans into that moment. Um, Sometimes it's hard to get to the place of worship. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Um, but. especially in the hard times, Mm -hmm. for you, what have you found to be helpful or how have you found your way to that place of worship in some of the toughest times of life?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is vulnerable, okay. right? Here we go.
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, two instances come to mind. Yeah. Um, the first one was a time um, pre my time at Ascent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had uh, I was the yes girl for everything mm-hmm. and trying to do it all. And I found myself totally empty. Like my well, my bucket was empty. And I was an hour out from leading a Wednesday night worship service. And I mean, like tears, like just gutted, like I had nothing to me. And it was really that scripture that said like, in in my weakness you are yeah, strong. Yeah. And I felt that entire night like like the Lord was holding my arms up and, mm. and the Spirit of God was singing through me. And it was such a powerful night of worship and nobody in that room knew what I was going through. Because yeah. um, it wasn't about me then. Wow. I was simply the vessel. Um, but um, that to me was one of those moments I'll never forget where I wasn't feeling it, mm-hmm. but I knew I needed it, and God was my encourager. Wow! That. And I think even for those of us who aren't um, on stage with a guitar leading, mm-hmm. um, we can come to God in those moments and say, "I like, I don't have anything to give right now,"
5: yeah.
3: and God says, "Let me, let me, and let our brothers and sisters sing these words over you. Yeah, these encouragements. Yeah." Um, the other one I think of is, you know, so many of us have gone through times of doubt mm-hmm. in our faith, and we've had to wrestle that out. And for me, my wilderness time was a handful of years ago. And um, and I would come to worship songs, and and I would make it a prayer, and I'd say, God, as I'm wrestling these things out, may this be true of you, of what I'm about to sing. Wow. I see this word on the screen God, is this true? And it really became this engagement and this wrestle with God. Mm. And God can take it.
0: God wants it. Yeah, yeah, so So true. So those
3: are two instances where that like, worship and captivity really took root in my own life.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't feeling it, but I knew I needed it.
3: Yes. And then
0: in the second portion that you talked about, God can handle even the doubts that we may have in our life. Yeah. And may these words be true of you.
5: Yeah.
0: Uh, I think that's what's beautiful about that for me is I think that kind of holds my hand or people that may be listening Mm -hmm. holds our hand to to not let us sit on the sideline um, during a moment of worship Mm -hmm. um, to say, even in the midst of circumstances, Mm -hmm. um, there is a space to worship. There's a
3: space for everyone. Yeah. No matter where you're at.
0: Yeah. Yes. That's so for. For that, and I think we could talk a lot on this, maybe we need to do a part two, <laughs> maybe do a part two. Um, but as we go into these next songs, yeah. and there are gonna be two songs back to back, okay. we intentionally did this, yeah. we intentionally want this to be a moment for people uh, to lean towards, to engage in, set us up for that. Like how does that, you know, and I think you chose, once again, you chose these songs in particular during this mm-hmm. message, um, How do we enter into this space we've gone through the whole journey during this service uh so on you how to set us up for that yeah yeah. what is that
3: yeah well um i actually want to read a scripture that will lead us into this time and um something that i love so much is when um, worship songs pull from scripture yeah and it kind of really helps deeply root The words of the bible on our own hearts Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um there's scientific stuff with that too i won't get into the nerdy side of it but like yeah yeah yeah, it like embeds in our Mm, core even more
0: part two part two (laughs) yeah yeah totally
3: so um these songs um that we're going to worship together with uh, uh, they are so rich in words Mm -hmm. that might connect with different people wherever you're at um yeah, spaces where we need to be r- reminded that we are not alone, mm-hmm. that we are surrounded by our Father. Yeah. Um, songs that, that say we're gonna raise our voices, we're gonna raise a hallelujah, a praise to God mm-hmm. in the midst of captivity. Yeah. So, um, can I read this for please us? Do, and, please do, please right, do. and then we'll worship. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters.
5: Shit.
3: God, this is how we fight. We know, God, that you are in the storm with us. You are in captivity with us, God. You meet us in the wilderness and you are near, God. We know that you are in the high mountains when in life we are on high mountains and we are in the low valleys. You are in the low valleys with us, God. And in both of those scenarios, Lord, we can worship you. We can talk with you. Our Abba Father, we can talk with you. We thank you, God, for who you are. We raise our voices together. We raise our voices to declare that you are the one who holds all things. And you are the one who is worthy of all worship. So, God, we worship you together. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes.
2: Thank you so much for joining us today. Worship is love expressed towards God in response to His grace towards us. That is powerful and we hope that your definition of worship has expanded beyond the four walls, beyond an online experience, to something that you can lean into often at home and in the midst of hard times. Well, that's it for today and we hope you will join us next week for our brand new series, Life Together.